this story that I'll be telling is the biggest lesson I learned in my life. And it's not what can happen, what will happen to you if you insist on putting your happiness on hold. I was headlining Rodney Dangerfield's Comedy Club every single weekend in 1986. I'm talking here. Hello, folks. Steve Rizzo here, and welcome to Hey, I'm Talking Here. And so many of you know, this is a uh, entertaining show about empowerment. It's a show that can take you to a better place personally and professionally. And as some of you know, and I would say maybe even more than some, this show is brought to you by Conversations with Bob. Conversations uh, with Bob is a book that I wrote a while ago. It's, it's ready to go. It's in print. And a lot of people have been asking, and some of you already know, but I'm, I'm just going to repeat it again. People say, who's Bob? Well, Bob is the power that is within each and every one of us that uh, can bring out the best in you, regardless of your circumstances. Now, some people call this power the light, the force, uh, their true self, their higher self. Some people call it the universe. Most people call it God. You can call it Superman or Wonder Woman. It doesn't matter. What does matter is that you need to know that this power really does have the answer to all of your questions and it has solutions to all of your problems. All you have to do is learn how to connect with it and communicate with it. And the book, Conversations with Bob, will show you how. And um, it is of my belief that if you, when you read this book from cover to cover, you will realize how much power you have over every aspect of your life. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you the way it is. And that is it for Conversations with Bob. And I like the title of the show, Don't Put Your Happiness on Hold. And I know some of you may be thinking, well, what, what, you know, what does that mean? What do you mean don't put your, who's going to put the happiness on hold? Well, it's a perfect segue for the Rizzo Memo. 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 This just in, hot off the press. Back in my stand-up comedy days, I've known many comics who put their happiness on hold. They had difficulty enjoying the process. Why? Because they believed they wouldn't be happy until they signed with HBO, got their own sitcom or movie deal, or whatever it was that they thought was going to make them happy. And over the years, I've seen close friends morph into bitter, jealous, and resentful people who no longer enjoyed making people laugh. Without ever realizing what they were doing to themselves, they got caught up in their own quest to become a star, which in their minds was the only thing that was going to make them happy. The world of showbiz became their only business. Their total existence revolved around getting discovered, which was, to me, very ironic because they really had no idea on how lost they really were. And it was disheartening to see that they never allowed themselves the time to appreciate other aspects of themselves or life. They would perform from club to club, go from one audition to the next. Their lives were an automatic pilot as they strived for and waited for that big break, that day, somewhere in the future, where they will finally, finally be happy. My point is, why wait for a future goal to be happy? Why not learn and exercise positive alternatives that will enable you to feel confident during the process of achieving your goal, any goal? Seriously, folks, it, it, think about this. It, it defines all logic. I mean, what good is achieving a goal if you're not enjoying yourself during the process? And that is the Rizzo memo. And that's all I have to say about that.
I think the biggest disease in this country, especially in the past three years, is is uh, unhappiness. Yeah. And I believe the number one reason for that is that people unconsciously are um, putting their happiness on hold. You can hear people say it, and they do it on an unconscious level. They're not aware that, that that they're doing it to themselves. You know, I'll enjoy myself when I achieve the goal. I'll enjoy myself when I get to where I want to go. Right now, yeah. there are too many changes taking place, too many things happening in my life. When things calm down and things start going the way I want them to go, and when I get the respect and appreciation that I deserve, and when I make more money, that's when I'm going to enjoy myself, and I'm not going to do it one minute sooner. I'll show me a thing or two. And it's insane. Yeah. Because... What you're saying to yourself is that your happiness is dependent upon something that has to take place at some point in the future. And it never happened because happiness will always be steps ahead of you. And I, I think what people need to get is that your subconscious runs 97% of your life. I mean, 97%. And you're yeah. not aware that it does that. And I always say your subconscious is the genie of your soul. Okay. So if you're walking through the course of a week and you're having a challenging time throughout that week at work, and you're saying to yourself, and I bet you a lot of people listening go, whoa, maybe I do that. Well, I'm saying a lot of us do. And you're saying things like, oh man, I can't believe until the, the weekend gets here. When the weekend gets here, that's when I'm going to calm down. Man, these people are getting on my nerves no matter how hard I try. I don't seem to be doing the right thing. I just need time to myself. When the weekend gets here, that's when I'm going to relax. And your subconscious, the genie of your soul, is saying, your wish is my command. Yep. I can wait for the weekend to be to come along right now in your life. The yep. weekend will be here, and then you'll enjoy yourself. Okay, we'll see. And a lot of people think, well, when the weekend gets here, then I'll enjoy myself. Not really, because nope. that mindset stays with you. You see? Then when the weekend comes, you're probably going to wind up saying to yourself, man, if I can get the kids out of this house, I can finally have some peace and quiet. Yep. Why can I have some time to myself? Why are there always things to do when I'm home? I, I work my ass off at work, and then on the weekend, I got to do this, that. It's always something with that mindset, and that's what you have to be careful about. And now it's my pleasure to bring on Eric, the band man. Eric. Well, the person that can't wait for Friday is all the, for the weekend is also the person that's miserable on Sunday afternoon because they, they're already planning on being miserable the next day at work on Monday. Great point. Thank you. Great point. And, it, and that's another thing. And they're not aware that they're doing it. Yeah. And that's why so many people are walking around miserable. And if you realize that if you made that conscious choice to enjoy yourself during those challenging times at work, or whether you're having challenging times in your personal life, um, you would go through the problem a lot easier. Solutions, you know, solutions to the problems will come to you quicker. Yeah. But it's... It's a common sense success strategy, but we make it different, difficult for us to uh, to acquire that type of strategy. Man, we just just win the day. Yeah, you have big, if you focus. Like I, my friends know I talk about this all the time. Have a big day because a big day leads to a big week. Big week leads to a big month. A big month leads to a big year. Yeah, you know that you just you just kind of focus on just winning the day. I want to hear the Rodney Dangerfield story because I don't want us to get too. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna get going. Please. No, I will. Well, I'm going to. Uh, by the way, folks, um, this story that I'll be telling is the biggest lesson I learned in my life. And it's not what can happen, what will happen to you if you insist on putting your happiness on hold. I was headlining Rodney Dangerfield's Comedy Club every single weekend in 1986. Now, this is when Rodney was at the pinnacle of his career. He was voted one of the top three recognizable faces in the country, yeah. the uh, uh, number one comedian in the country. 
He had two HBO specials under his belt. He had two hit movies in a two-year span that was rated an 8 to a 10 by the critics. He was on The Tonight Show every other week. You yep. couldn't get any more popular than he was. When I headlined his room from a Wednesday through Sunday, it was sold out every single show with movie stars, sports figures, you name it, directors, producers, a lot of famous people. And I, I want you folks to get the background at, so you can get the gist of the story. On Friday, they had two shows sold out. On Saturday, three shows sold out. Sunday, two shows sold out. It was Saturday night, the last show. And I just finished my set. And it was a great crowd. And as I'm walking off the stage, who's walking through the audience but Rodney? He so often would do that. And the audience went absolutely, Eric, you should have seen them. They went ballistic. And yeah. they're screaming. And he's doing Rodney. He's going, hey, how you doing, baby? All right. Okay. Can I love you? Yeah. <laughs> the crowd, I waited in the back of the room. It was so loud that there was a ringing in my ears, man. It was just insane. And there's, some people had tears in their eyes. And they're screaming, Rodney, Rodney. It's on stage. He waits for the audience to die down. They do. He does 10 minutes of new material. 10 minutes of new material. Uh, for his next HBO special that's coming up in about another month. Right. And he does it, and he he thanks them for supporting his club, and he asks them to give me another round of applause, and he goes to walk off the stage, and something happened that I never saw before, nor do I believe I will ever see anything like this ever again. The audience that was up front, they got up from their seats, and they surrounded the stage, okay? And they interlocked their arms, and they wouldn't let him go. And people were screaming, <laughs> we want more. We wow. want more. And then from we want more, we want more, it was we love you. We love you. Eric, I am not exaggerating. You took his bodyguard and two waiters to get him off that stage that night. Wonderful. And, if, and I, I, what I couldn't believe is that the noise was even louder than it was when he first came up on stage. Right. That's cool. So I remember I'm standing in the back of the room and I'm saying to myself, oh my God, this is what it's like to be a star. Right. This guy has got the world in the palm of his hands. And it wasn't too soon after that where I realized sometimes holding the world in the palm of your hands isn't what's important. What's important are the choices you make as you're holding it. Yeah. The crowd's gone, the doors are locked, the wait staff is cleaning up. And I go over to the bar, as I so often did when Rodney was there. I went up to him. I gave him a big hug. I gave him a big kiss on the cheek. And I said, hey, man, how does it feel to be a superstar? He downs a triple scotch, puts it down on the bar, pulls yeah. it, looks at me square in the face and says, well, I'll tell you, Stevie, it sucks. It really sucks. And I was waiting for the punchline. Right. And I realized there wasn't one. He went on a verbal rampage of negativity on how the entertainment industry ruined his life, on how he should have made it 30 or 40 years ago when he was younger. He was right. barely 60 years old then. That's, that's young. Yeah. And he just said, I, I, I could have enjoyed myself years ago. And I stopped and I took a pause and I said, whoa. And I tried to give him a pep talk. How old were you, how old were you at this time? Oh, it, was, it was 1986. I was 72 days ago, so I don't know how old I was. I was, but I was young. You were, you were relatively young at the time in your career. 
I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty new. I was yeah. only four years in stand-up. Wow. I was a teacher before that. And um, and I looked at him, and I, I, I tried to give him a pep talk. I said, Rodney, what are you talking about? Didn't you hear that crowd? They absolutely loved you. You are, were voted one of the top three recognizable faces in the country, the number one comedian. You're responsible for launching the careers of all these comedians. You you have two HB, three HBO specials now. You have two hit movies rated at an eight or a 10. You're a household name. What else do you want? Most comedians, your age fizzle out, but you're at the top of your game. He downed another triple scotch. He got low, low key. And he said, I don't expect you to understand, Stevie. All I know, he said, is that I dedicated my entire life for this moment, waited 40 years for this moment to happen. I sacrificed my happiness, my family, my children for this one moment. He goes, and now that I got it, I still can't achieve it. He goes, I'm telling you, it sucks. Wow. As I'm saying to everyone that's listening right now, and I'm saying to you, it was the biggest lesson I learned in my life, and here's why. And I want everyone to get this. Here's a man that should have been living his dream. Instead, he was living a nightmare. Hmm. All because years ago, without him realizing what he was doing to himself, he, he was putting his happiness on hold. He created a mindset, a belief system, that literally signified, I will not be happy until I reach a specific goal. I, I get to a certain status in life. His subconscious, the genie of his soul, said, your wish is my command. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy. And here's the thing, Eric. Even though he did achieve it, and probably way more than he ever fathomed, he still couldn't enjoy it. Yeah. Why? Because, folks, this is what I want you to get. When you're setting out to achieve a goal, any goal, and you are consumed with this negative stuff, jealousy, envy, despair, self-doubt, overwhelm, fear, whatever it is, that crap comes with you. Yeah. It comes with you to when you finally achieve the goal. Yeah. Yeah. The point is, there's no reason why, I don't care how old you are right now, to make a promise to yourself that no matter what it is that you're trying to achieve... Whether you're raising your kids, you're trying to have a family, you're buying a new home, you're, you're cranking it up a couple of notches in your new business, you're taking the dog for a walk, it doesn't matter what it is, it's your right to enjoy yourself. Yep. And even when times are tough, you have the ability, you have the ability to shift your focus and the way you're thinking to what's working, to what makes you feel better. And the more you shift over to those moments, the more gratitude you have, and you will be creating a different habit. I'm not saying this is easy, but I am saying it can be done. Well, that story is one of my favorite from your book, Get Your Ship Together. I, if you, so I, I'm big on audio books. I've told you that. Like, I love listening to that part of the book. It's tremendous. And I, I think we're just not good as humans of celebrating the daily victories. Of, you know, I put on Facebook one day last week, I had a really good day. You know, it was my, it was my most liked post. I went back and looked. It was literally the most liked post I'd had in two weeks. That I said, I had a really good day. And people commented, I did too, me too, me too, me too. You know, it, it, it's so powerful to just say, I had a good day. I accomplished some stuff today. And it's just as powerful as the opposite, which today suck. My life is awful. I have a headache. Every, you know, And you post that, and the same people that say, I had a great day, will also jump in and tell you how awful their day was. It's powerful yeah. to say, I had a good day. Yeah, I, I, that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I so appreciate what you're saying. And it, like I said, the people that do this with that negative mindset are not aware of it. Yeah. They've created this negative mindset throughout their whole lives, a belief system. 
Their thought process created the belief. Their beliefs created the way that they feel in their attitude. And before you know it, that's their life. And they'll find something wrong every single time. Uh, back to Rodney Dangerfield, you know, the the most amazing thing to me about him and about that story is his whole shtick was I get no respect. Yeah. He he literally yeah. he manifested it every day in what his what his stand up routine was. Yep. And really when you really think about that, yep. He 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 probably wrote notes about it. He talked about it told, he's on stage and everything he talked about was very negative, and he wonders why at the end of his life, that's a great point. Bar, he sat with you at a bar down in Triple Scotches. He he manifested that into his whole life. That was his, you know, that's a great point. That was his, uh, that was his mantra. That was his thing. As a matter of fact, if you want to look at it, he he didn't respect himself enough. Yeah. Hey, I'm talking here, and nobody's listening. I'll tell you, I get no respect. <laughs> you become aware. Yeah. When you're going through the course of a day and you realize, man, my day sucks, and all of a sudden you just go, wow, whoa, 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 what am I doing? Yeah, I got a meeting to go to. It's my kid's birthday coming up. It's my anniversary, whatever it is. I got to get into a, I got to let this go. Where did this come from? Where is this coming from? What the hell was I thinking when I woke up in the morning? Because usually it's what happens to you as soon as you wake up to greet the day is formulate your attitude. Yeah. So you got to backtrack and just say, well, that was causing me to feel this way. Those feelings created this belief that my life sucks and now I have a bad attitude. Hey, so if you can go to Facebook, uh, Steve Rizzo, check out his author page, give him a shout. And sign up for my uh, bi-weekly Rizzogram. Yeah. You get an article, a video, it's really cool stuff. It's all a message on how to get you to a better place in your life. And it's free for now. All right, man. Yeah, yeah. You're not, so don't. Okay, don't. Yeah. If you can't. All right, I know we're going to wrap this up. Steve, you know what I love about you? What? Everything. Well, too, Matthew. Thank you, thank you, folks. Please share. Tell your friends about the show. It's all about making making people feel better, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I love you all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Take care. Bye.